The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you. Today is May 29th, 2022, and here are the topics that we will discuss on this very special edition of the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. We're not here to defend what happened. We're here to report the facts. The facts are changing 72 hours after the second deadliest school shooting in U.S. history. The biggest revelation by the Texas Department of Public Safety, the failure by a local incident commander. It was a long decision, period. No, no excuse for that. The potentially life-saving decision not made to have officers on site storm two classrooms early on, even without proper gear. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Sit down. grief, a mother's silent anguish, a young, boisterous family with five little girls now shattered. I won't see my daughter again. Can you tell me about how you got this news? I was at work. She called me to get to the school. Went to the school and tried to get in the building. The police barricade pushed me back out. So I just stood on the sidelines and watched this whole thing play out. I can't imagine what it would be like to be standing outside those doors, wondering. As long as they ever. There's a true line. What happened here in Buffalo, in Texas, in Atlanta, in Orlando? What happened at the synagogue? And so this is a moment that requires all good people, all God-loving people, to stand up and say, we will not stand for this. Enough is enough. We will come together based on what we all know we have in common, and we will not let those people who are motivated by hate separate us or make us feel fear. Dear Congress, Dear Congress, dear Congress, for years, gun violence has plagued this country. It took the life of my daughter, Jessica Nicole Gowie, in the theater in Aurora. Gun violence has stolen my son, Aquila De Silva, who was gunned down at the Waffle House in Antioch, Tennessee. And it has robbed me of my nephew, Pierre-Paul Jean-Paul Jr., who was shot and killed in Cambria Heights, Brooklyn on November 11, 2008. My daughter, Allison, and her cameraman, Adam. My son, Ricky, in Chicago on August 3rd, 2012. 
You're not even safe in your own home. My daughter, Darian, was shot during a home invasion in 2010. But you have just sat by all this time and watched us die. You attended our funerals. And you've done everything in your power to weaken gun laws. You have joined our vigils, yet you have made it impossible to study gun violence prevention. You saw one of your own gunned down and did nothing. The best you can offer us is your thoughts and prayers. But then on November 6, 2018, something happened. We voted you out of office. We turned out in record numbers to elect candidates who will finally enact gun safety policies to keep our communities safe. Today, we have a gun violence prevention majority in the House of Representatives. Now we need you, our newly elected leaders, to follow through on your promise. We know gun laws work. Now we need to know our elected officials are ready to enact them. No more thoughts. No more prayers. No more moments of silence. We accept nothing less than action. Or we will vote you out too. Or we'll vote you out too. We will vote you out too. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the calling number. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. It is best as we uh, celebrate Memorial Day, remembering those who have uh, given the ultimate sacrifice their life for their country. I'm Jay Ralph. Thank you guys so much for being here. And if you are here listening to me, uh, you are being a part of history because for the first time, in this show's history, I'll be riding solo. So it's almost like a, it's a weird thing because, you know, I started off this journey on the TGRS radio network by myself. Uh, it was a show that was on YouTube, a fun show back in 2008, 2009. So we're back to square one. Jerome usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio, but uh, if not, that's okay. So we'll see. We're playing it by ear this morning. But um, a lot to talk to you guys about this morning. Vanessa Maybell, hey, it's Memorial Day weekend. People are enjoying themselves with their families. So Vanessa Maybell is off today. Mr. LES is traveling. He is off today. And, of course, I'm sitting here riding solo with you, 347-850-1272. Obviously, today's show is dedicated to what we witnessed uh, last week and what we witnessed the week before last. So we have a lot to get into uh, in a very short period of time. Once again, I'm Jerry Ralph. Thank you guys for being here with me, 347-850-1272. So we're going to talk about a few things this morning. We're going to talk about, obviously, what happened in Uvalde. Uh, just tragic. We're going to talk about what happened in Buffalo. We're going to talk about what can we do as a nation to prevent this from happening. Because I'm going to tell you something. The commercial that you just heard, that was a commercial that was from 2018. Here we are four years later, still experiencing just the drama and heartache of mass shootings. So we'll talk about it all coming up next. It is time for an NPR News update. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, 347-850-1272. Sit back, grab some coffee, and uh, let's roll. We'll be right back after this. 
live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. As the last victim of the racist supermarket shooting in Buffalo, New York, was laid to rest this weekend, the nation is now mourning over the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. The president and first lady heading to Uvalde today, devastated by the murder of 19 children and two teachers. NPR's Tamara Keith reports on the all-too-familiar ritual. It hasn't even been two weeks since the Bidens were in Buffalo, New York, meeting with family members and survivors of a hate-driven mass shooting there at a grocery store. Now, they will try to offer comfort to families dealing with the unthinkable in Uvalde, says White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. The President and First Lady believe it is important to show their support for the community during this devastating time and to be there for the families of the victims. She says they will meet with community leaders, religious leaders, and families of the victims. It's not clear whether President Biden will reprise his calls for Congress to pass gun safety legislation during the visit. Tamara Keith, NPR News. Red flag warnings indicating the sort of hot and windy weather that fans wildfires in effect this weekend across much of the Southwest, including Arizona, Utah, Colorado, and in New Mexico, where the nation's largest active wildfire is burning. From member station KUNM, Kave Movahead has more. Wildfire crews had an easier time fighting the Hermit's Peak Calf Canyon fire in northern New Mexico over the last several days as temperatures and winds died down and there was even a little rain. But high winds are back across the region this weekend, along with the threat that the largest wildfire in the country, which has already surpassed 310,000 acres, may again see significant growth. In southwest New Mexico, the Black Fire is growing rapidly in the Gila National Forest between the towns Truth or Consequences and Silver City. It grew 10% from Friday to Saturday. Many national forests, state parks, and county and city open spaces in New Mexico have closed to visitors to guard against more runaway fires. For NPR News, I'm Kaveh Movahed in Santa Fe. Colombians are voting today in a first round of presidential elections. A front runner has promised to fix the country's inequalities and switch the country's reliance on fossil fuels to clean technology. Here's the BBC's Katie Watson reporting. There's a lot riding on these elections. If Gustavo Petro wins, as polls would suggest, he'd be the first leftist president in Colombia's history, a conservative country that's been plagued by civil war for decades. Gustavo Petro is a former mayor of Bogota and has campaigned for change in a deeply unequal and violent country. But behind him in the polls is centre-right Federico Gutierrez, a former mayor of Colombia's second city, Medellin, and a man who's seen by many as a successor to incumbent Ivan Duque. Four other candidates are running. Nobody's expected to win a majority and avoid a runoff next month. This is NPR News. Online radio at its best. We're not here to defend what happened. We're here to report the facts. The facts are changing 72 hours after the second deadliest school shooting in U.S. history. The biggest revelation by the Texas Department of Public Safety, the failure by a local incident commander. It was a wrong decision, period. There's no, no excuse for that. The potentially life-saving decision not made to have officers on site storm two classrooms early on, even without proper gear. You don't have to have a leader on the scene. Every officer lines up, stacks up, goes and finds where those rounds are being fired at and keeps shooting until the subject is dead, period. Also merging today, new facts and timeline. The first 911 call being made at 11.30. One minute later, the suspect starts firing at the school by taking cover behind vehicles in the parking lot. 
A school district officer races to the scene, going to the wrong location and approaching the wrong person. Sped to what he thought was the man with a gun to the back of the school and what turned out to be a teacher. Gunfire then erupts. At 11.33, the suspect begins shooting into room 111 or 112. At least 100 rounds are fired. At 11.35, officers are yards away from the shooter. Three police officers enter the same door as the suspect entered. All three of those police officers work for the Uvalde Police Department. Minutes later, four other officers arrive. Two received grazing wounds. And by 12.03, there are as many as 19 officers in a hallway near the classrooms. It is at this same time the first 911 call from inside the classroom is made to authorities. For the next 45 minutes, several 911 calls are made from both classrooms. At approximately 12.43 and 12.47, she asked 911 to please send the police now. The caller says they can hear officers just outside the room. At 12.50, after securing keys from a janitor, officers finally get in and kill the shooter. During the news conference, Director McCraw also says he welcomes calls for an FBI investigation. Welcome to 347-850-1272. You're listening to the Serious Sound of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. It's uh, 13 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the Serious Side. 19 babies. Gone. Dead. They will never, ever, ever see the light of day. They will never, ever, ever have families of their own. Uh, they would never, ever, ever graduate from high school, kindergarten. Two teachers heroically um, shielded their babies, their children, from gunfire from a lunatic that uh, stormed a uh, middle school and just killed innocent victims. This is not the first time we've heard this, you know, and I'm pretty sure it won't be the last. Mass shootings in America. Here's my question for you. Why does it only happen here, right? When you listen to the Texas governor, you know, he gets up there and he talks about, you know, mental illness and all these different things that could have contributed to this. There was no law that could have prevented this from happening. That's a damn lie. That kid was 18, semi-automatic weapons. The person who created these weapons back in, the 1970s said that these weapons were created to produce mass casualties in war. This person said that we created these weapons was because of the lack of firepower we had in Vietnam. So these weapons are created to fight wars. But when you hear gun advocates and people who are gun collectors and all these folks that are out there, oh, you know, we collect weapons. You know, it's all right to bear arms. Are you serious? An 18-year-old kid can legally walk into a gun shop and purchase two assault weapons. First of all, you can't even hunt with these weapons. But Texas, here we are. We've been talking about Texas throughout the year, the past 12 months, I should say, for the ridiculous gun laws that we have in place here. As of September 2021, you no longer have to be a licensed gun owner in Texas. You can just buy a gun and stick it in your waistband and walk around. 
just now, as I was preparing for the show, two people got into a heated argument. Somebody got killed because people had guns. What in God's name is going on here in America? Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You know, I think about this stuff, and it drives me livid because I have kids. I have a daughter that's in high school right now. I had a conversation with her last week, and she said she's scared. Imagine this. When I was growing up, schools were a safe zone, a safe environment. But now kids have to wonder whether or not they're going to make it to fifth period. And you know why? Because of the fact that in America, there are over 400 million weapons in this country. Think about that for a second. The Texas governor talks about mental health and, you know, some crazed lunatic. Here's where I tell people all the time that if you are a citizen of this country, you need to pay attention to what the hell is going on. Don't look at what you see on television. Don't look at that. Because what you're seeing on television and what the reality is are two different things. And what I mean by that is this. Texas Governor Greg Abbott talks about mental illness and, and, you know, all the resources of Texas are going to be behind the families. Well, guess what? This is the same governor who cut funding for mental illness. It kind of goes back to when we talk, to, when we talk about uh, Benghazi on this show, how Republicans are ranting and raving at, at Democrats about, oh, my God, you know, the security was laxed. What they didn't tell the public was they voted to reduce the money for security for embassies worldwide. You have to pay attention to what's going on. You can't continue to walk around here with your head in the sand. You just can't do it. As you continue to walk around here and act as if you don't see, pay attention to what's going on. This is the same governor who was urging Texans because there was some poll out there that says Texans, not a poll, but I guess there are facts out there that says that Texans, Texas, for the first time, didn't lead the nation in gun sales. So what does he do? He goes on Twitter and says, hey, guys, let's get it up. Texas should be number one. <laughs> and Ted Cruz, this clown that represents the – here's the thing that I don't understand about America, that – we were in a great recession because of Republicans. Democrats pulled us out of it. But guess what? It looks like Republicans are poised to take over the House and possibly the Senate. So it's like paying attention to what's going on. Or are you going to just stay in your corners and support a party that doesn't support you? The reason why we don't have common sense gun laws on the books is because of the Republican Party. Point blank. That's the truth. I'm not making this up because I vote Democratic most of the time. That is the truth. Go do your research. It's easy. Don't take my word for it. Go look it up. The reason why the House passed gun legislation, two bills that's been sitting in the Senate for over a year. Nothing. 
Now, I thought that after 26 babies were gunned down in Sandy Hook, that this nation would get more serious about its gun control laws. I, I really did. Second graders. You know, think about this for a second. In Newtown, Sandy Hook, in Uvalde, the authorities asked parents for their DNA, right, to help identify the children. Now, hopefully you've never been involved in a family member being, you know, murdered, and you have to go in and identify the body. But usually this is a visual situation where you walk into a morgue and you look at the body and you verify that that's your child, right, or your, or your relative. If they're asking you for DNA, guess what that means? That means that their bodies were so mutilated that they couldn't use visual recognition. What is it going to take for this country to realize that we need to do things differently? I heard one commentator say, well, wait a minute. Maybe we should just show pictures of the babies. Because, if, you know, the war in Ukraine, we saw images of people being shot and killed and just mutilated bodies all over the place, and Americans stepped up. Maybe that's what we should do. Because it's easy. And I hate to use that term, but it's easy to sit back and say, well, you know, God dang it, I hate to hear this. You know, God bless these families. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Come on. So maybe we should have shock value. Maybe if Americans saw mutilated babies splattered in blood all over a middle school lying all over the place, maybe it would you know, create the shock value. One of the things they talked about was the reason why America really got really got involved with civil rights was when they turned on their TVs and saw authorities spraying black people down with fire hoses and sicking dogs on them. Americans was not ready for that. And that really catapulted the civil rights movement. Maybe we should do something like that. Who knows? Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's convener time now. Congress is in session, okay, which means they're in recess. I, I never. I, I wish I had a job where I can, you know, be in recess four or five times a year. And when they go on recess, I mean, they go on recess. I can't remember the comedian that talked about. I think it was maybe uh, Bernie Mac that talked about when they take a break, they take a break. Well, they do. They're gone for weeks. I don't know of any job in America outside of Congress where you can just have four or five different recesses. You don't even have to take leave. Just take a recess. And you can go home for months and weeks. But anyway, so now there are some senators that are saying, look, call us back. We need to vote on common sense gun reform bills, laws, measures. And for the first time, Mitch McConnell is starting to say, hey, look, let's talk to the other side. Who knows the reason why he's doing this, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. So in this week's edition of Reform Minutes and Less, something that you need to know, it's going to be the time you're going to hear from senators who are trying to make a difference in their constituents' lives. You listen to the serious side, 347-850-1272, minutes after the hour. We'll be right back after this. <laughs>
U.S. senators are in the midst of heated discussions to develop new gun legislation after Uvalde, Texas, where 21 people were killed, 19 of them children. It's not clear a deal can be reached next week when they meet, but some are expressing cautious optimism that a plan to at least set some limits on gun purchases could be in the works. NPR congressional correspondent Claudia Grisales has more. A desperate crowd outside the Capitol chanted for Congress to pass gun safety legislation. The demonstrators included gun violence survivors who wanted to hear about action from lawmakers. But as is often routine, only Democratic lawmakers were there to greet them. It is crippling to be this angry and this infuriated by the lack of action by people who hold all the power. That's New York Democratic Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. While her party holds control of the White House and Congress, they fall 10 votes short in the Senate to approve bills to address the country's mass shootings. Back on the Senate floor, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says while Democrats have been burned before, they're going to try for a deal with the GOP again. Not trying everything is not acceptable to the families who've lost their loved ones. Schumer now says if these new talks fail, a vote will be on tap regardless to show where every senator stands. I want to be clear. This is not an invite to negotiate indefinitely. One of those key negotiators is Texas Republican Senator John Cornyn, who visited the scene of the shooting. Back on the Senate floor on Thursday, Cornyn said it was supposed to be the end of the school year for Robb Elementary. Instead of celebrating the last day of school, 21 families are making funeral arrangements. Cornyn has led past negotiations for Republicans on narrow limits to gun access. Cornyn said the shooting has shattered the small town. Uvalde is about a town of about 15,000 people, about 65 miles from the U.S.-Mexican border. There's one high school football team, one H-E-B grocery store, and one post office. The families of Uvalde have known each other and loved each other's children for as long as they can remember. Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell said he encouraged Cornyn after his Texas trip to negotiate with Democrats. Cornyn, like other key Republicans, has been in discussions with Connecticut Democratic Senator Chris Murphy. Back at the rally, Democratic Senator Chris Murphy. Back at the rally outside the Capitol, Murphy says there's still hope for a deal. We will be engaged in bipartisan conversations to try to find a path forward. Murphy was elected to Congress just before the deadly shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary in his home state 10 years ago and has worked since on gun control measures. Murphy admits it can be a long and arduous journey, but says relentless commitment is what leads to major social change. They are so confident that the status quo will finally break that they never, ever give up, and we are never, ever giving up. The coming days will dictate if both parties can reach a bipartisan deal or once again serve as a reminder that Congress is powerless to stop such future attacks. We know the vast majority of Americans uh, support um, rational uh, gun violence legislation. And it's time to put these laws on the books and protect even more people. Online radio at its best. A father's grief, a mother's silent anguish. 
a young, boisterous family with five little girls, now shattered. I won't see my daughter again. Can you tell me about how you got this news? I was at work. She called me to get to the school. Went to the school and tried to get in the building. The police barricade pushed me back out. So I just stood on the sidelines and watched this whole thing play out. I can't imagine what it would be like to be standing outside those doors wondering. It's the longest day ever. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. Twenty eight minutes after the hour. I can't imagine being a parent, getting a call from your baby saying that they're shooting in the school, and you get there, and the police, which normal protocol prevents you from going into the crime scene, obviously, because if they're conducting operations, you don't want innocent people to get hurt. But as we all know, that uh, we're hearing new reports coming out of Texas saying that uh, that the shooter was in the school for almost was in the school over an hour before he was killed. And now people are pointing fingers. You know, I remember having a conversation a while back on the show, and we were talking about law enforcement and, you know, all these different things. And it's amazing, and forgive me for, for, for doing this, but I just have to. It's amazing how big and bad cops are when they're pulling over unarmed drivers. But when it's time for them, and let me, let me rephrase that, some cops, because there are some brave men and women out there. I've never, let me say this, I've never been against the police. I think it's a hard job. Everyone that listens to this show on a regular basis know that I served in the military. And let me tell you something. There's nothing like knowing and preparing to go into a situation where you may not come back. Most of us take living for granted, obviously, right? You tell your friends, I'll see you tomorrow. You really don't know if you're going to see them tomorrow or not. That's really God's will depending on your beliefs. You may see them tomorrow, but who knows? You may walk outside of your house and get shot. You may be in a car accident later today. So we take it for granted. When you see your colleagues on Fridays, okay, we'll see you Monday morning. Well, you don't know that for sure. And I'm pretty sure the parents who dropped their kids off to school that day, two days left before the end of the school year, I bet you they had all intentions right, of seeing their babies later that day. One parent talked about how they attended a ceremony celebrating this kid's perfect attendance in school. And the parent is killing herself, and that's a wrong term to use. She is just so horrible because she said, usually after these events, I take her home. But I left her in school that day. Had I just followed my normal process and, and protocol, my baby would be here today. So never take it for granted that you'll see someone the next day. Let's talk about the police. Because it sounded, if you listen to the reports, there were 19 officers in that building waiting for heavy equipment 
19 to 1. Now, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback or backseat driver or, you know, hindsight's 2020. You could pick whatever phrase you want. But the bottom line is when you put that badge on, when you hold your right hand up and take an oath, you know the risk that's involved with that job. If you don't know the risk, then don't take it. There's no excuse for the officers, the police officers, to be standing in. They are in the building, folks, waiting for a janitor to give them the key. <laughs> Let's talk about something else that that's not really getting as much pub as I would like for it to get. That kid was able to walk into that school because some teacher walked out the door and left the door propped. Now, listen, let me say this. I am not blaming that teacher. I think we all have done this. A lot of us work in buildings where you have to badge in and out. So sometimes if you leave your badge, matter of fact, I can sit here and say, honestly, I did the same thing last week. I was working late. I didn't have my badge on me, so I left the door open, and I went to the men's room and came back, and bam. Now, the whole building was secure, office within the interior of the building, but nevertheless, I guess my point here is this. Everything you do could have consequences. Now, from what I'm hearing is that the teacher left the door propped because they wanted to go and get their cell phone. I think all of us done something like that. But that one fatal mistake, because I'm here to tell you, people say, well, how the hell did this kid just get into the school? I'm here to tell you that ever since uh, the Sandy Hook shooting, and I've had school-age kids, you can't just walk into school anymore. You have to, I know the schools that my kids attended, you have to ring a buzzer. There's a camera. Now, they let you in, which, you know, I mean, I guess they assume you're a parent. But they let they buzz you in, but you just can't walk willy nilly into school. So let's talk about the timeline because apparently, shot his grandmother. Okay, took her truck, wrecked the truck, and some people, you know, bystanders. They saw the accident, and what most people do, they want to go and help. Once they started running towards the truck, this kid starts shooting at them. So they go in and call the police. Right now. A school resource officer supposed to be there on campus. Now, for whatever reason, that officer wasn't there. Once that person got the call that there was something going on at their school, they sped back, not knowingly drove right past the shooter who was hiding in the parking lot behind cars and confronted a teacher, you know, because that person didn't know whether or not the, the teacher was a shooter. They just know that this is an active shooter. But here's the point. The point is this, is that, like I said, it's amazing how brave you are when you are encountering someone that's unarmed. But then when it's time for you to walk in the harm's way, we have an issue. I remember a few years back there was a, a school resource. I think he actually got convicted for not going in because he was scared, I guess. That's the term we should use. If you put on that badge and gun, it is your responsibility to face danger. It's not negotiable. 
And if you go back and look, and we've been seeing this all week, they talked about how the Texas, you know, Texas has this um, uh, engagement policy. It talks about, hey, you don't wait until the cavalry comes. You have to go into a situation and deal with it right then and there. There was a baby that called 911 saying we can hear police out in the hall. Please come and get us. Baby who was smart enough to smear herself in her friend's blood to survive and play dead. The Uvalde police a couple of years ago put out a, a Facebook posting bragging about how they were ready for active shooters. This would never happen in our community, and guess what? It did. And then they have a voluntary SWAT force that they had to wait until the force assembled. And let me say this. People think that everything is instantaneous. Let me tell you something, and I'm just speaking from my military experience. Well, we, we used to have what we called an uh, alert. Once that alert goes out, you have X amount of minutes to get to where you have to go. There's a chain of command that gets called. So people are not just sitting waiting to just storm something, right? That's just not how it happens. So you have to get resources in place to get there. But the bottom line is, folks, the bottom line is so many people failed these children from the state legislators to the men and women of law enforcement. These children. And so if you work at a school, now I think you would have to say to yourself, okay, if I need to go out and get a cell phone, maybe I should walk through the front door and take that long walk around the school to get to the teacher's parking lot to retrieve whatever I left. Because that's the only reason why that kid got in that school, because someone had propped the door. And according to reports, it was a teacher that walked out to go get a cell phone. And maybe their classroom was right there and the parking lot was right there, but that little mistake right there cost 22 people their lives. And I say 22 people because a husband of the teacher died of a heart attack. High school sweetheart gunned down. Reports she was covering her students, protecting her students. And she was shot and killed. We have to do better than this. We have to do better than this. And if you vote Republican, then you need to think about, you need to think about what do you represent, right? Because there are things that are more important than politics, party allegiance. There are things that are more important than that. You have to really do some soul searching today. The NRA held their convention here in Houston. Ted Cruz spoke. I mean, that guy is a lunatic. I mean, he is a poor excuse for a person. Tucker Carlson, he goes on TV, which is another just sorry individual. Now, if you've been listening to the show, you know, Russ Limbaugh, he's dead, dead and gone. And, you know, usually I would say, you know, God rest his Look, he's gone, right? I never wish death on that man at all, but I, I always said that if I woke up the next day and read the paper that he was out, then so be it, right? Ted Cruz is starting to fall into that category for me. He really is. 
He's a useless piece of nothing. He needs to go. Governor Greg Abbott, I hope and I pray that this is his downfall because I'm tired of these Republicans standing in front of their constituents claiming that they are on the side of this, that, and the other when they are doing things in the background to dismantle the nonsense. Every time there's a mass shooting in Texas, the first thing that Governor Abbott says, <clears throat> excuse me, is, oh, well, you know, these incredibly insane people with their mental health, but you're cutting the mental health funding for the state. You go on Twitter and you ask Texas to go out and buy more weapons. Are you nuts? You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. We'll take a break. We'll be right back after this. Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, coworkers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress. And so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction.
Seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. It is best, of course. I'm J. Ryle. Uh, it's been a fun show so far. Uh, <clears throat> Ryan Solo, if you are here listening to this show, this is the first time. My goodness, I get a frog in my throat coming back on the air. Uh, the first time that this show has been hosted by me on a solo basis, and it's okay. People are out this week. Uh, obviously, it's the Memorial Day weekend. First and foremost, let's not forget those who have given their life for the freedom freedom that we experience every day here in this country. So uh, if you get an opportunity, please put out a flag or stop by a military uh, cemetery and pay your respects to those who have uh, given the ultimate sacrifice. Also, uh, I want to say... Um, Congratulations to my niece, Sydney. Uh, Sydney Scott, she graduated from high school yesterday. Uh, so your uncle, I'm so proud of you. God bless you, sweetheart. And uh, I hope that, uh, you know, you're prepared for the next phase. It gets real now. It gets real now. Life is all about changes, and you are you have experienced one of the big changes that, uh, you know, any person can uh, can experience, you know. Uh, Boys the Men, they made that song, Boys the Men. Well, actually, New Edition made the song, Boys the Men, and then obviously the group Boys the Men came out. But uh, it's time to take that step, sweetie. So your uncle, I'm so proud of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being such a beautiful niece. And uh, congrats once again. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the calling number. I want to say what's up to uh, Easy. I want to say what's happening to Mobile BZ and Easy. It looks like Vanessa's here. We may hear from Vanessa before the show's out. Also, 
Kavina man's in the house traveling on the highways and byways of America, my man. Stay safe. And obviously, when Mr. Elias is not here, the rules doesn't change. Obviously, I can't go in the chat room and, you know, Pastor Steve's state your case. We can't do that because, you know, obviously there are a lot of things going on uh, behind the scenes. So I want to say what's up to those people. Pastor, I'm pretty sure you're listening. Uh, how you doing? And to all the folks who listen to the show on a weekly basis, we appreciate your support. Obviously, our prayers, thoughts and prayers are to the people that uh, lost their lives in Uvalde. And let's not forget what happened in Buffalo. You know, I mean, we hadn't buried all the victims from that mass shooting when this mass shooting comes along. Um, we're in a sad state here in this country. A very, very, very sad state. Looks like Vanessa is trying to get in here. Let's see. This is a treat. Let's, uh, let's get Vanessa in here. Looks like Vanessa is, uh, is in the house. Let's bring Vanessa in here. Good morning, my big sis. How are you doing on this beautiful, beautiful Sunday? How are you? I'm good. And let me apologize to you, love. If I thought you were going to be by yourself, even though we know you can handle it. I just thought, you know, you and Jerome was going to be hanging out. But, hey, I'm here for the last 10 minutes, but I do want to comment on our awesome governor, Abbott. Can I make a comment about oh, yeah. him? Oh, absolutely. You, you have, know, this is your house. Put your feet yeah, up. You, you know, we we control everything. We have all the time in the world, <laughs> sweetheart. Go ahead. What do, you, got, what do you have to say about this money, great I, governor of Texas? The money in the cash jar. Because he's an asshole. He gets up there and says, Ooh. you guys are looking at this in the wrong way. How are you going to look at an 18-year-old the wrong way who he can go and buy a thousand rounds of bullets. He can go and buy a gun that can shoot up a school. He's 18 years old. He bought it legally. And he can't go buy liquor. He can't go buy cigarettes. But y'all let him go and buy a gun and a thousand rounds of bullets and he says that people are looking at this the wrong way by getting rid of guns he is an insane insane person he is insane I, he is insane I, yeah, I just, you they know, all are this is a fine place to live it really is all of them got something about them Democrats and Republicans they all got something, everybody. But this time around, we should not be voting because you are a true Republican or you are a diehard Republican or you are a diehard Democrat. People should be voting this time around for the safety of the children of the future. If these laws stay in place where you don't have to have a background check, you can just go walk in there and get your AK-47 or whatever it is that you want. Think about the your great grandchildren or your grandchildren. There's just absolutely no future when 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 you can't have laws in place about guns. These shootings are coming a lot closer together. These children are not even getting buried before the next step. There were cousins at that school. They the one little girl didn't even want to go to school that day. She didn't feel good. My mama said, Hey anyway her and her cousin mm. got killed. It's just awful. And for him, mm. and then for Donald Trump to come to Texas and have a rally, and then Abbott and Patrick, Dan Patrick, to think that they can get away with it, that people in Texas are stupid enough to believe, oh, we had some scheduling issues. But then during the, during the rally, they got on camera and told people to more or less go buy more guns. Sure did. He did that. He did that. 
So people yeah. on my board are going to be, my Republican friends are going to be really, 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 really mad at me when it comes time to vote them out because I'm going to wear them Republicans out. I'm going to wear them out on my Facebook page. So I hate it. Yeah. God bless those families. Yeah, it's uh, it's an unfortunate uh, set of circumstances. And, you know, once again, you know, the voter has to dig deeper. You can't look at a crying governor or a sad governor on television that talks about mm-hmm. this person's a maniac. Uh, this person mm-hmm. shouldn't have these weapons. Uh, mental health is the issue. And then don't do some he digging to understand exactly health. what's going on. He took the money out of mental health about a month I know he did. Just yeah. Just yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. So, 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 so it's almost like, and this is what you tell people, you know, you know, keep it simple, stupid, right? Kiss. You know, it's like on one hand, it's a person that's talking about these situations that are occurring to, uh, that's happening to our children and to to elders and, and people in our community. <clears throat> so you're saying that you know this, there's no, you know, there's no place for this. So it's like walking into two rooms. He'll roll in one room and say, you know what, this is ridiculous, and the bottom line is we got to do a better job. Then he'll roll in another room and say, hey, let's buy more guns, and let's take money away from mental health. It's like, what the hell do you represent? What well, do you represent? Somebody's paying them under the table, Jay, because why are y'all so into backing the NRA if y'all are not getting something from it? Either the Republican Party is getting a lot of money being uh, donated to them or Abbott and them are under the table getting some big money because who in their right mind does not change gun laws after all of this stuff has happened? Well, I mean, that's that's not a secret. That's not a secret because Ted Cruz, once again, he's numero uno when it comes from contributions from the NRA. Now, let's make sure that we say something. You know, I want to say something here because I saw this on television the other day, and it's absolutely correct. We can't sit here and get to the point where we say, you know what, we're so tired of this nonsense. We, you, know, you know, why? What difference does it make? Well, it has made some differences. Right. You know, Florida changed his gun law. So now you have to be 21 to go out and buy, you know, a weapon of mass destruction. But, you know, at least you don't you know, at least it's not 18. So if that law was on the books here in Texas, this kid, you know, would not have had the ability to go out and buy this weapon. So, you know, it's baby steps. But in the same time, there's collateral damage from baby steps. Right. People are dying until y'all get this mess fixed. And I tell people all the time, pay attention to what's going on. Stop reading headlines. We talk about it on this show all the time, how Republicans, oh, the deficit is this, the deficit is that. And then when they get in office, they spend money like a drunken sailor on the weekend. But then, you know, these are the same people, oh, <laughs> President Obama spending too much money. But then guess what? You're running to communities holding big checks representing, you know, like you had something to do with it. Are you writing letters to the president on the on the DL? Hey, can you send this money to some? I mean, it's crazy. Stop falling for the banana in the tailpipe. They are who they are. There are like Steve Kerr said it best. There are fifty senators. This includes, you know, your girl in Maine, your girl in Alaska, and your boy in Utah. Every now and then, they may, you know, sound like they have some sense. But for the most part, what they say, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, then damn it, it's a duck. If it walks like a Republican and it talks like a Republican, it's a Republican. So at the end of the day, common sense gun measures, which, by the way, and this is, let me tell you how stupid you guys are being played. Because I'm calling you all ridiculous if you support this nonsense. 
90% of Americans support some type of common sense gun law, right? 90%. But because the districts are so gerrymandered, these people can do what the heck they want to do because they're playing to a small, radical piece of their party. And it's all about trying to win their primary because they know based on the gerrymandering of the district, they're going to win the district, right? They know that. So their toughest charge or their toughest challenge would be in the primaries. So, you know, I was watching something on Jimmy Kimmel, and they showed all these political ads by all these Republicans. And I love the way he he mixed it up. Go check it out on YouTube if you get the opportunity. He shows a press conference being held about a mass shooting. Then he shows a political commercial of some type of representative out there shooting guns, AR, you know, 15s. There's no reason on God's earth that you should have an AR-15. Go ahead, Vanessa. What were you saying? I'm sorry. Did you see the picture of the little boy? looked like he was about five, and he was holding a machine gun in his across his lap, and he had all the bullets and the old string. I mean, did you? Yeah, well, that's, that's where we are. Of the little boy holding it. It's like, really? I mean, they're going yeah, yeah, up yeah. with this in my office. Yes, yes. And, and you can talk to them till you're blue in the face, and it's not going to make a dent. That's the thing that's so scary about it. They don't see it. And I talked about it earlier in the show. Maybe, you know, I was talking about how when we saw the images, excuse me, when we saw the images from Ukraine, Americans were appalled. It was showing pictures of of how Russians were setting, you know, using these weapons that are illegal in war. You know it's a bad weapon when you can't even use it in a war. Burning people to the crisp, you know, pregnant women being shot and killed, showing blood all over the place, showing people being blown up by, you know, explosives. And Americans are like, oh, my God, this is horrendous. Everyone saw these pictures. And so now the world is, is, is rallying around Ukraine. Maybe we should have something like that here. Because like I said before the break, if they're asking you for DNA, to identify a body, that means that you can't go in and do a visual confirmation because the body is so mangled. And it's, maybe that's what Americans need to see in order for them to get it. Maybe. But this has to stop. This can't continue. I can go back and find commercials from 10 years ago saying the exact same thing. What do we do? And people all want the president to stop it. That man only has limited power, period. So stop with this nonsense. Stop throwing out these hypothetical situations or these things that you know can't happen. You're just saying it just because it sounds good. You know damn well the president can't wave a magic wand and stop gun violence. And even if they put these laws into place, let me tell you something, folks. The bottom line is, is that there is no law, and I agree with this, there's no law you're going to put in place that's going to just get rid of gun violence. It's, it's not going to happen, period. I, I urge all of you down. going. You, well, of course, of course. That's not what I said. I said that you're not going to stop it. You can definitely slow right. it down. One life saved, Vanessa, is what it's all about, right? I agree with that. 
you're not going to put anything out there unless you just uh, people talk about New Zealand and all these other places where they had a mass shooting. All of a sudden, they took care of it. They took care of it because they just outlawed guns. They got rid of them. You can't do that here. 400 million weapons are in the United States of America. Hell, I have two. And the only reason I have two, by the way, because I don't want people to say, oh, you're a hypocrite. No, I have two because one was stolen from me during a move, bought another one, and then, you know, 15 years later, 20 years later, they returned the weapon to me. That's the only reason why I have two, right? But what type of nation do you live in where you have to have a firearm to keep yourself safe? Live radio, uh, we dropped out. I'm not sure what happened. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse show. In his latest video address, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says the fighting in the eastern city of Severodonetsk is indescribably difficult. Severodonetsk is the largest city still held by Ukrainian forces in the eastern Donbass region, but officials say they are facing heavy Russian artillery barrages. The city has emerged as the focus of Russia's push to conquer the Donbass region. For weeks, cryptocurrencies have been moving in tandem with tech stocks, but NPR's David Gura reports as tech shares rebounded, the crypto sell-off has continued. Bitcoin, the most popular and best-known cryptocurrency, continues to trade at less than half its all-time high, set just six months ago. Spent most of the week below $30,000. Ether, another popular cryptocurrency, is down more than 50% from where it was trading at the beginning of the year. Crypto's backers posited it would be an inflation hedge, but at a time when prices are rising faster than they have been in decades, that hasn't been the case. It had been tightly correlated with tech shares. That correlation started to fall apart. As tech stocks turned around at the end of the week, the value of cryptocurrencies continued to fall. David Gura, NPR News, New York. Airline travelers facing delays and cancellations this Memorial Day weekend, the kickoff to the summer travel season. According to the flight tracking website FlightAware, cancellations so far today total more than 800, adding to the more than 1,500 yesterday. Delta Airlines had to cancel the most. Delta told the AP in an email that bad weather and what are called air traffic control actions contributed to canceled flights. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. If you ever wonder how the world's most successful leaders got to where they are, what struggles they faced, and what kept them going, there's a show for you. Each week on my new podcast, my guests reveal how to think more like a leader. Check out Wisdom from the Top from NPR and Luminary. Online radio at its best. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You know what time it is. Actually, you don't know what time it is. Just if you're just tuning in, uh, just uh, did an hour show. Uh, first time in the history of the serious side, road solo throughout the show, and hopefully uh, delivered some good information to you. And since I'm flying solo today, I decided to uh, end the show here in an hour. But it uh, looks like we have some people checking in. Vanessa checked in, and if I'm not mistaken. I think this is Jerome. Let me see if this is him. Is here. Good morning. Is this you, Jerome? Yes, sir. It's Jerome Spree. Wow, here he is. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Nothing much. I just was. Uh, I just was listening until you dropped out until your technical difficulties happened. <laughs> but I was here. Yeah, absolutely. Was yeah, well, yeah. I appreciate that. 
Well, uh, listen, man, uh, I'd love to uh, get your thoughts here. We're ending the show early today. Thank everyone for uh, hanging out with us uh, for the last 60 minutes. So, But uh, I would... I definitely, you know, things like this when they happen, Jerome, I uh, always want to hear what you have to say, man. So uh, why don't you take a few minutes, man, and give us some, uh, give us your thoughts on what uh, what happened this past week. Okay, and starting where? Where did you, where did you start? You're talking about the shooting? What Everything. About? I mean, we're, we're talking, Uvalde happened, obviously, and then before we even were able to bury the people in Buffalo, we had this mass shooting. Just give me your thoughts for the past seven days, my brother. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I'm with you and on the whole mass shooting thing. It's, it's not something that's going to change um, just like overnight. And but what we have to remember is that the mass, the weapons of war, are very different. So I know when people hear this, they think, oh, you know, we have violence in the black community kind of thing. We don't have mass shootings in the black community, right? So whatever you heard. Yeah, there are conflicts, and that happens. Mass shootings are not something that happens. People don't. That is exclusively in another community that actually does that. So, you know, nobody in the black community kind of dis... We don't displace our um, our anger or discontent. We don't do that, right? So nobody, you know, gets mad at their mother and goes shoot up McDonald's. That does not happen in minority communities. So... Um, we keep overlooking that what everyone calls the elephant in the room that society has a problem addressing how you know how white folks are seeing themselves and how they're reacting right and how they're wigging out at, at the first chance that they get by you know saying things like oh the world is changing and and everybody's taking this from us or whatever You've been conditioned to believe that anyway, and now your kids are waking out. And again, I said it before and I said it again, um, I think that they need therapy. I think they need to, you talk about critical race theory or replacement theory and all of these other theories that people have. Here's a theory for you. Get help. Because until you start addressing why your kids are, are flipping out, then technically it's not going to get any better. Not for not for anybody in this country. This that's gonna be something normal because the folks in rural areas or certain communities stockpile weapons. They don't stockpile weapons in urban areas. They stockpile weapons in um, suburban and rural areas. So knock that out first and then come back and try to deal with, you know, kind of how society sees, you know, television and all these other violent violent images you deal with that after the fact but the first thing first um somebody need to talk to their kids and they shouldn't be fighting um the truth in school and changing social studies and teach them about civics that's why society breaks down is because it doesn't know how to address like any kind of not conflict but any kind of concern it feels like it's you know they're under attack but this is what you know this is what certain communities do so, again, although I'm being nice today <laughs> because I came on last, the truth is is that it it is something that needs to be addressed in mainstream um, society in the United States. And I don't think we like to talk about it. I think that people are scared to talk about it. Yeah, well said. 
I've been asked to close yours. What do you have to say as we close out? You know, I just I just want um, again to say that my heart goes out to all of these different families of all of these things happening. Good morning, Jerome. And I, hey, good morning. I, people, especially those in Texas, those who have friends in Texas, can you please tell them to get out and vote so that we can change at least our gun laws, our abortion laws. This governor and Dan Patrick, Lieutenant Governor, they are just off the chain crazy, and they don't see. Don't forget Ted Cruz. Oh, Ted Cruz is just a nightmare. But you know what? Only thing I can say about uh, Cancun Ted is Cancun Ted probably is going to get voted back in. Uh, Abbott might be another story. But Ted Cruz is going to get his because God is going to really take care of him for leaving us with no electricity, freezing cold, and only thought about himself. It's a difference if he had stayed home in the cold with us. But no, he went where it was warm, so he deserted the people. So I, you know, I'm not even going to waste a prayer or anything about Ted Cruz. People know what he did. But now they know what Abbott has done. And Abbott sat there on the podium and said, you know what? Yeah, I think you guys are looking at this the wrong way. When they were talking about gun laws and that boy, y'all are looking at this the wrong way. What other way do you look at it? This boy was old enough and legally to go and get that gun and all of those bullets, but he can't legally go in a store and buy a beer or buy cigarettes. So you're going to tell me that that's more important than to go get a gun versus anything else? I don't get it. So tell your friends, they need to think about this. They need to go vote. Don't tell me anything about votes don't work because y'all saw it with Obama. Y'all saw it. Y'all know it worked. Y'all saw we had the House and the Senate. So don't tell me that it doesn't work to go vote. So people need to go vote. They need to get out of office. They need to be gone. They need to be yeah, gone. I, 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 uh, I definitely agree with you, Vanessa. Uh, you definitely need to be gone. I know we didn't have Pastor Steve state your case, but uh, I definitely want to read a comment that I just received from a friend of the show. Uh, let me read it. And, uh, you know, let me just read it. Give, give me a second. Uh, speaker so I can read this. All right. So the message says, as I can find it here. Uh, well, I lost it. Okay. You're <laughs> right through there. You're a smart man, Charlie Brown. I just lost it. <laughs> oh, here it is. Well, here we go. I got it. All right. says so the, the gun laws should definitely be changed, not just hardening schools with metal detectors and armed security, especially when you consider that 19 police officers took over an hour to enter a classroom. Age to purchase a gun should be at least 21 nationwide. Right to carry a firearm should require more steps than just getting a driver's license. All gun sales should be registered and authorities immediately, with authorities immediately as well when someone buys a large amount of rounds. I think 100 rounds is just too many, and that's from, from my girl, D. Thank you, sweetie, so much for uh, continuing to support the show. It's interesting. This message. I was listening to an old show where she called in on the J. Ryle show, and it was so funny. Miss talking to her. I uh, hope to hear from her soon. Um, my final thoughts are. He had, yeah, they found like, yeah. I mean, that's another thing too. If somebody comes in and makes a massive purchase of that many rounds, I think you should notify the authorities, 
right? I just think you should. But, you know, people talk about, in, you know, infringing on people's, uh, you know, rights to do whatever. I, I mean, I'm getting tired of that stuff. You don't have a right to walk into a theater and yell fire. So there are some things that you just have to, you know, you know, use common sense uh, when you're dealing with it. My final thoughts are, you know, what a week. Um, once again, like I said at the top of the show, 19 babies will not grow up. 19 babies will not graduate from high school. 19 babies will never get married. And out of the young females that were a part of the 19th that would never be able to have children of their own. So think about what just happened. Think about these lawmakers who put these laws in place and then sit and want to cry and hug the families. If I was a family member, if I were a family member, I wouldn't want you to come near me. Don't touch me. Don't say anything to me because you're the reason why we have some of these things that we're dealing with. Here's the same state that wants to ban books, but you don't want to ban an assault weapon? I mean, I talk about common sense. So we want to ban a book, but we don't want to ban a mass, a weapon of mass destruction. We want to talk about, we want to take away a woman's right to choose. These precious babies have the right to live. But then when they're born, they have the right to get killed. When they're in grade school, what happens to them beyond the wound? Are you concerned about that life? Because you do things, you take funding away from certain things you have in place to try to take care of these kids. You don't want to, you want to take away kids, the ability for them to get food stamps or whatever the case may be. Yeah, people abuse the system when they put in more guidelines, find a way to make it work. But it's hypocrisy. You're concerned about an unborn child, but kids that are walking this earth right now, you don't give a damn about? Am I missing something? Because apparently, apparently, I'm not the smartest man in the, in, the, in the world. I'm not the smartest man in the room, apparently. But if 90% of your constituents are saying they want change, then they got it, God dang it, listen to them. Stop all this nonsense. I'm going to tell you something. It ain't going to change until one of these senators' babies get, mauled, get, get shot up by one of these guns. It's not going to change. When they experience this, then their whole life is going to change. Now, I'll, I'll say this. Scalise surprised me because after he got shot at a congressional ball game practice, I thought that he would see the light. He's worse. Anytime you get that close to God, to seeing God, and you still, you know, come out with your same nonsense, that tells me that you are ruined from deep, 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 deep inside. And, and on that note, let me just say this as well. Last weekend, we weren't here because I was at a AAU basketball tournament. And uh, unfortunately, uh, a coach from one of the AAU teams died uh, in the gym in front of all these kids. It was a traumatic experience for all these children. I pray for his family. Um, they tried to save him right there. Um, he was a young man, uh, you know, a beloved coach. Um, it was just hard to watch. Um, if you see, if you watch these medical dramas, you know, they were, you know, giving him chest compressions, trying to save his life. They, you know, they hit him with the defibrillator twice, and unfortunately, he was unable to make it. So to the Houston Fury, that family and that organization, my thoughts and prayers are with you uh, as you uh, try to move on uh, after the tragic loss of your coach. On that note, 
Uh, it's been fun. Thank you guys so much for being here. Abbreviated show today because of the fact that uh, I was riding solo. But the crew, the cavalry came. I didn't do what the Givaldi Police Department did, right? I mean, I didn't. I didn't go in and say I got to wait for the cavalry. Everybody came. Y'all are here. Police officers, once again, stop being so brave. You want to stop a, a driver. You're brave when you stop an unarmed driver. But when it's time to step up and go into harm's way, now we have an issue. We have to wait for backup. And it's 19 of y'all. That right. is unexcusable. Unexcusable. A baby. You know, I forgot all about that. A baby. I forgot all about that. They, As much as they jump on one person or some, you know, helpless woman and her kids, and they're yelling at people when it's 30 of them. Um, when it comes time to engage, now they're like, oh, we need to wait. Stereotypical. So either One of the police officers who was their child was in there and was killed, and that was unbelievable for him, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm One sure of the police officers who was allowed to go yeah. in. Some parents say, you know what, let's forget this. I'm jumping the fence and going in and get my baby. Well, what is it? Well, called in three times. She called in three times asking them to save them. She called in three times. One little girl who lived took the blood off of her best friend and rubbed it on herself and laid exactly. down. Exactly. Exactly. A like, child thinking on her feet. Thinking yep. on her feet, yep. Vanessa. Yep. Yep. Unbelievable. During the most horrific time of her life. She's thinking. She's thinking. She's saying, you know what, in order for me to survive this, I got to play dead. I'm pretty sure they didn't cover that in any type of uh, shooter's drills. And you have 19 police officers standing out waiting. Are you kidding me? They're all going to be brought up on charges. Waiting for a a freaking key. Break the door down. Are you kidding me? They have broke doors down and shot like Brianna. You know what I'm saying? Brianna Taylor. I mean, they kicking doors in to do that. But you can't kick a door in and go save those children. Baby, please. They can't kick those you doors in, but the bottom... When they can't, when they can't kick those doors in, but the chief of police for the ISD was there. So how do you not have a master key? How do you not have a master key to all the schools? Why do you have to wait for a janitor to show up? This goes to show you that, yeah, it was a chaotic... Stop. It was a chaotic scene. I get that. But you're supposed to train for this. There's no excuse for this. I'm not listening to any human excuses. Oh, well, we didn't. Uh-uh. You're supposed to be ready for this. It's not like a bunch. It, it sounds like a bunch of freaking neighbors trying to break in there. I can see if a whole bunch of neighbors tried to go in and couldn't get in. You guys are the police. You're supposed to train for this stuff. Wait a minute. But the, the sickest thing that I saw was the fact that they have people with AR-15s and, and all of that doing crowd control, trying to stop everybody else from going in, but they won't go in. It's like, how do you not go in? And now you're Jesus. bullying people, which they claim they didn't handcuff anybody, but there's reports that they were handcuffing people so that they wouldn't get close. It's like, you are supposed to be engaging. If the crowd is trying to get in there because you won't, that's your that's your fault. That's just their yeah. fault for that. But they were like, oh, oh yeah, we didn't handcuff anybody. And then they kept lying. So then that was the second big thing, is that they tried to make um, the folks seem like they were heroes and they was organized and went in. Then come to find out it was an hour later after the kid was already in there shooting up the place. Like, they, they can't keep their story straight. 
right? They're always trying to create a narrative that puts police officers in good light. But at the same time, when they're not doing their job, they're covering. So either, A, you're going to have to cover this stuff honestly, or um, nobody's going to believe you either way. So they, they were looking crazy by, um, you know, letting those kids stay in there and, um, and just not doing anything. Like, that's, yeah. cra- that's crazy. Again, it, it is crazy. Have, if it was one person on a highway, they would have shot the car up and just, you know, oh, with, you remember the guy who had his hands up, who was walking towards him and they started shooting him? It was like, oh, we thought yeah. he had something in his hand. They're cowards. People are cowards when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a sad state of affairs. And I know the audience is saying, man, this is a long good night, the longest goodbye. I get it. I understand. But this is just so infuriating to, to me. And, and, and let me say one other thing, too. And, 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 you know, and I may not have everybody's consensus. People may not agree with me on this. But, you know, President Obama released a statement about the shooting. And, uh, and, and, and you know, he talked about the I think it's the two-year anniversary of, uh, or the one-year anniversary of George Floyd's death. Um, and no, it's the two-year anniversary. It happened in 2020. Um, and then he and, you know, Michelle went out on the town in uh, New York. Hung out and had a great time. And he started to get hit in papers for being tone deaf. Like, you put out this riveting message and then you go out and have a party. And I don't know how I feel about that, because on one hand, he's a private citizen. He should be able to do what he wants to do. But on the other hand, I know that for a lot of people, he is, they call him a forever president for a reason. And I know that anytime something happens in this nation, the first place I go is I go pull up a video of something that similarly happened during his administration to get comfort. The first thing I did was went back and started looking at what he said after the Newtown, uh, the Sandy Hook shooting. You know, and how Congress failed to pass, you know, gun control. And I remember his statement. He says, you know what, today is a shameful day for Congress. I went back and watched that. So I don't know how to feel about this because on one hand, you are this moral leader of this nation. But then you think you could just say something and go out and party? I don't know. I, I, I you know, I don't know. I, I, I look at that. Uh, I don't know how to feel about that because – a lot of people look to him for guidance. I go and read a lot of threads of where people go and look at speeches. People will say, hey, show of hands of who's here in 2022 for, you know, some reasonable words from a reasonable president. And you see a lot of people, a lot of people follow him. A lot of people listen to everything he says to this day. And for him to go do that, I just think I'm leaning on the side of he should have he known better and canceled that whole thing. But you know what? Hey, man. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, all right, all right folks. Go ahead. That is Jordan. so tough. That, I'm just saying that is, yeah. that's tough, right? Yeah. That, I don't blame, you know, so, so during this administration, you know, I was really careful about what I felt that he should have done opposed to what he was doing because yeah. I can't, you can't make somebody else's mission your mission. Uh, your, you can't make your mission someone else's mission. So with President right. Obama in particular, he's human and he, he had taking us out of like people kept thinking it was going to be the freaking depression when he got in there you know with that whole right. thing with him and McCain and coming out of yep. Bush like they were like yep. the United States will never be the same and then we pull right. up out of that we 
save the auto industry and all that stuff. We come up out of that smelling like roses, and he wants to take a vacation. <laughs> like, he's like, he had to deal with yeah. drugs. We're like, we need help. And he's this stable guy who you want to look to, but is that his mission? Probably not. And so it's really difficult um, when he sits on the sideline, but then I have a problem when he decides to jump in for things that are just, like, subjective, like Obama kicking in talking about black folks need to go to college, like that kind of, I'm like, why are you, you know what I mean? Like, you're nitpicking the things, there's some serious stuff out there that they, we need leadership for, and, you know, mm-hmm. he's doing the drive for backpacks, you know, and so I don't know how I feel about that either. I'm with you. Yeah. That it's, yeah, it's I, you know, it I mean, is. it's difficult, but we don't have too many grown folks, apparently. And and I also said this, you know, I know this is going to seem off the track a little bit, but I feel sorry for the generation of um, of black people for the last, who grew up in the last 20 years, well, like 15 years. Because when, during our informative years, when something comes out like the Buffalo shooting um, or or that massacre that happened at that Tops in Buffalo and things like that that happened to the black community. Yeah. Dick Gregory yeah. was there. You're going you're gonna to see something from Dick Gregory. You're going to see something from the right. minister. We had people who did that, and these kids, guys don't have that. They don't yeah. have somebody who's charismatic enough to stand up and say, look, this is wrong. Look at it this way. They don't even have that. So, you know, I... I you know, just in having that conversation, we're always looking for grown-ups. <laughs> and all of our grown-ups are getting a little older, and everybody's fragmented. That's why when we would have shows and people would say, oh, so-and-so need to go sit down, he's old now, and we need new leadership, nobody cultivated anybody to be that doggone charismatic. That is right. not a job that's a calling. So, right. you know. Um, I, I get it from wanting President Obama to step back out because we just don't have someone who can find the words to make us feel some kind of way. We just have like clowns like Trump who, who actually is finding the words for um, those people who are neo-Nazi white supremacists. He is singing their tune for everybody yeah. else. The majority of people in this country, he doesn't, he doesn't play to that. And um, we are frustrated, or I'm saying people in the country are frustrated that nobody can counter that. And Obama is the only person that makes Trump look really small. Yeah, nobody right about him. that. Well, I guess, you know, people could say Benjamin Crump. I guess he's uh, starting to step up a little bit, and, you know, who knows. But, but you're right. You know, I mean, you know. He was here a couple of days ago, and, and um, yeah. I missed um, actually going to because I, I missed getting a chance to see him. And I hear he gave a great speech, and um, he did well. But personally, you know, a couple of people who I talked to were like, he he is not the minister. Like, he he, he is coming from an area, um, and Eric Michael Dyson will be here in, in a couple of weeks as well. Yeah. But yeah. those guys coming from academia, it does not ring the same in people's ear to move yeah. people. So I think that yeah. we you know, have to kind of adjust how we are looking at this thing and, and, and try to find some other path. But people like Obama, it's why we're looking to them. Um, we wish that they would stand up, but it ain't, I, like you said, it's hard. It's hard. 
Oh, you know, and yeah. also I want to say really quickly, um, since we talked, we didn't, you guys talked about the NRA, NRA convention in Houston. They yeah. had a, a fashion show that they had women who had underwear that had like concealed carry, like underwear to pack them up under their clothes. And it is a sick, one of the sickest news stories that is on the front page of um, one of the websites. And I'm thinking, we at the same time are talking about massacres and now highlighting, you know, way to conceal weapons in your underwear. The dark society is crazy. So anyway, well, it's so like the shoe we, bomber, Jerome. It's like the shoe bomber. Remember the shoe bomber? Uh-huh. Got all the way to the yeah. airplane with bomb and made into his shoe? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they're highlighting this, like, and the problem is, is that the, the papers... Not, I shouldn't say the papers because that's where I get a lot of news from. But I know they have, they're reporting on this stuff, and, you know, I can see it and see pictures and see clips of, of, of that fashion show. But there's something sick about not even censoring yourself when you know your climate is getting out of control. You know that people are out of control, and you're like, wait a minute. There's, um, you know, places I can conceal weapons. Like, I... I heard you Jay earlier talk about the fact that you have a couple of guns I think that black people need to get AR-15s and the reason I do you know at the same time is that the if it was a black person going into white churches they'd search every black person that goes into a white church for example but black people don't do that we, we don't do mass scaling stuff but we really need to protect ourselves. We cannot just be lambs, you know, lambs and, you know, waiting for slaughter. And this is just not coming from me. This is a discussion group that, you know, happened over the last few days that I heard a lot of people concerned and they were saying that. And I kind of agree with it. I'm like, yeah, you have to protect yourself. Don't ever make any yeah. excuses for protecting yourself. Because if yeah. people are coming in your community killing you, then technically you have to protect yourself. So whenever yeah. I hear like this counter argument, it's like take guns from everybody. Just remember, there was a, a ruling by the Supreme Court in the late 1800s that said that they will not take away the right to bear arms because black people in the South would be left vulnerable. They're not taking white folks' guns. They're only taking the guns from the people who they want to slaughter. So the Supreme Court ruled on that um, for a very good reason. So we need to... we. I mean, you're thinking, everybody likes to think about it from the criminal standpoint, but you do have to protect yourself. But we need, something needs to be done. I, I don't have yep. the answer to that question, but I think that people have a right to protect themselves. At the yep. same time, uh, they need to get rid of guns. I don't know how to, I don't know how to pray. Yeah, I don't know how to yeah, protest just, right now. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a weird, it's a weird uh, situation, man, especially when you have a country whose culture, every movie that, uh, you know, all the action movies, I mean, it's just, it's, it's glorified, you know, carrying a weapon. Uh, so, I don't know, man. I don't know yeah. how we get past it. I don't think we ever will get past it. It's almost like COVID. You have to learn to live with it. Just hopefully you can put things in place that can uh, reduce the damage. But uh, people are going to continue to get killed by gunfire, and it's just the way it is. All right. Uh, well, so it'll, we're we're going to get out of here. Uh, go, ahead. go ahead, Jerome. No, I, I think it will calm down. I think it'll calm down, but I think that the path, to stop this stuff is education. Like, and I don't mean book yeah. education. I mean that we need to, as a society, 
understand what we're doing to um, perpetuate this mindset that makes people say, hey, I just want to go out. First of all, you know, we, we promote selfish behavior, right? Yep. And we, we promote that type of living, whereas I think we need to kind of make sure that we as a society do not reward people for, you know, acts like that. These, these mass murderers are going and killing people, and they're feeding them McDonald's. Right? Yep, they're yep. giving them a chance in court. They're, they are writing manifestos. Like, what kind of nonsense is that? You're giving them publicity. Not that you yep. don't need to know what was on their mind. But these guys are not like lone wolf, wolf crazy people. These are people who are calculating. So we have to start educating people and try to get them before they're brainwashed. And the only way to do that is to create a society that has more information in it. Instead of the tech cruises of the world talking about, you know, critical race theory and we don't want to make white people feel guilty. It's like the reason that they're wigging out right now is because they don't understand what role they played into even their own brainwashing. They, we need to have more ed- better education, right? We need to yeah. make sure that the news... I think bring back the fairness doctrine or something. Like we need to do something so that the population has is more educated, and I think the um, the problem will start to curb itself. So we have to kind of contribute to that as a society. I don't think it's I don't think it's a done deal. I don't think that you know it's going to always be like this and it's going to get worse. I think it will get better, but the only way it can get better is for people just to kind of get off of it. Um, their their rigidness by saying, you know what, you cannot teach people history that was in history books in the '60s. They, you need to update them. You need to tell them where you know how colonizers work, how white supremacy works. You need to tell them that so that they don't keep duplicating and repeating that same mindset and mistake. Those false premises. We need to educate. So you know, I'll, I'm sorry. I'll leave it at that. But. It's something that society needs to address. Um, and, and no, I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you wholeheartedly. All right, folks. All right, so now something is simple. Let me tell you what can a simple act that can bring a show down. I am operating on a laptop that has like two percent power left. So oh, guess what? Let's get out yeah, of here. yeah, I left. Yeah, yeah, I left the power cord somewhere. I can't find it. But anyway, so we have to go. Uh, we're going to be gone in uh, a few seconds. So anyway, we appreciate you listening. I want to say thank you to all the people that continue to listen to the serious side. Uh, the main reason why I wanted to do a show today was because I know that there are those people out there that welcome and want to hear from us every Sunday. So. As long as I have the ability to talk, we're going to have a show. And if it comes to a situation where we just can't have a show, then that happens. But I just want to make sure and let people know and let folks and, and people, I want people to understand something. We're going to definitely try to bring it to you every Sunday because I know how important this show is to a lot of people. Um, I, I get messages on it. It, it warms your heart when you hear people tell you how much the show means to them. So, you know, hey, listen, if we have the ability to bring it to you, we're going to bring it to you. And I hope you enjoyed today's show. It's an abbreviated version uh, for a number of reasons. But we'll be back next Sunday. Uh, You guys just uh, keep the faith. Be safe. Hug your children. Hug your loved ones. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we take life for granted. Because I'm sitting here telling you, we'll see you next Sunday. I don't know if I'm going to be here next Sunday. I hope I am. I hope you were there as well. 
you know, with that, hey, there. there you go. Jerome <laughs> is, if, you know, you, hey, listen, you have God, then you have Jerome. If Jerome is saying we're going to be here, then God dang it, we're going to be go. here. <laughs> there you go. What are you I hear you, my man. I tell you, my boy, I love him to death. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We're gonna get out of here. We appreciate everything that you guys continue to do for the show. Uh, Mr. Elias should be back in the house next week. Vanessa should be here, and Jerome will be here, if God's willing. We just really and truly appreciate each and every last one of you. All right, Jerome, man. Anything you want to say, man, before we shut it down? Because I'm sitting there right about two. One percent. Anything you want to say before we shut this thing down? Nope. I'll have, I'll, we have one percent. I'm out. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note. All right, folks. If it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, Jerome, what time is it? Time for the serious side of the Jay Brow show. All right, folks. We'll be back with a full show on a need to know basis. Everything next Sunday. We'll see you here. God bless you. We pray for the people who are affected by gun violence. And remember, if it is Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the J. Ross show. Be safe out there on the roads, Convener Man. God bless. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>